This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Just go to SGPN and get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast brand new YouTube page. The hockey guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate their new YouTube channel. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. All right, DJs, uh, welcome back. Uh, it is Steve Shermer here, Ryan Soul. It's a little early in the morning, I think, for Boston Cabaret. He's probably just rolling out of bed, but um, it's me uh, in a very snowy uh, Rochester, New York. Uh, it'll be nice then to break down a Hawaiian golf course and look at something that actually is green and warm uh, here. But yeah, today we're going to break down the uh, the Sony Open. Uh, right now we got the Century Tournament Champions going on round three. I'm probably not going to hit it outright. Uh, I got Cantlay and Post, I think, four back, but everybody's going low today. Uh, they would probably need to get like a 62 or something in order to hit, but a lot of my positionals are in play. So I'll be sweating that out along with some football. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, like last week, it seemed like I got a pretty good response. Uh, I will be screen sharing both Google earth and some data golf stuff. I'll walk you through uh, what I'll be looking for at this tournament. You know, uh, this is, you know, it's, it, it's one we've seen a lot. Um, you know, it's a very easy scoring tournament. Uh, when we get to some of the predictive skill sets, though, that's a little challenging because data golf basically just nothing matters here. But I'll walk you through sort of what it's trying to tell you and maybe what you should go for, and we'll go from there. Hopefully, the internet connection holds up. I was having a little bit of issues before this. If not, we might have to stop, and I might have to restart. You know, maybe make my producer do a little bit of work. But uh, let's go over the field for the Sony Open. So this is the first of the, I guess, the non-signature events. Uh, if you don't know how this works, basically what is going to happen is between the signature events, there is a like a little play-in series. It's any regular events that you can, you know, accumulate your FedEx Cup points for the entire year. But you also, uh, there's, um, you know, whoever gets the most or, uh, points or they're in the top five of points accumulated uh, during these next couple events, they get into the next signature event. I know that sounds complicated. I fumbled through that myself. Uh, the P- this is what the PG Tours decided that they're going to do. Uh, but what's ha- basically what this is doing now is promoting guys who are playing signature events who are already qualified because they're in the top 50. They're exempt for all of them. They're not going to show up. And, you know, I mean, there's some good names in this field, and I'll highlight a few of them. But overall, though, you know, this is going to be a pretty weak event, very top of I think the odds board, uh, I shared it with, um, I think my producer actually shared it on, on X, uh, what I thought the top of the odds board was going to be. Um, you know, listen, it's going to be really short odds. There's also a trend of guys who play the Century Tournament Champions for the week before, tends up winning because they don't have as much course rust. Uh, with so many players uh, playing that event last week and showing up this week, uh, that, that trend is probably going to continue again. But uh, I think the most interesting name, at the Sony Open this week, uh, who will not be at the top of the odds board, is uh, the return of Will Zalatoris. Uh, obviously, we saw him at the Hero World Challenge. This is his first return to the PGA Tour. It did not go very well for Zalatoris uh, at the Hero. He did birdie his opening hole, but after that, it was pretty bad. It was mostly a lot of course rust, I feel like, around the green with the putter. Uh, I think he also is using... Um, it's uh, you know it's not quite the anchor putter. It's anchored to your chest here. It's the, uh, you know, I think he like, grips it like this. So, um, he didn't look good though, but he's had a month. That was just his first return back. Um, it's always nice to see Will's Alatoris, 
uh, you know, back on the PGA Tour. It's a fiery guy. It's a guy with personality that people like. Uh, the PGA Tour needs guys like that. And if he's going to be contending and doing very well, that's ultimately very good for the Tour. Uh, another guy of note uh, here, obviously, he won't be at the top of the odds board, but Gary Woodland's back this week. Very great. He's, he's coming back for this event. Uh, if you didn't know, he had surgery to remove a brain tumor shortly before the Ryder Cup. And I think the fact that not only is he still with us, but he came back to the PGA Tour this quickly, uh, I think that's great. Uh, you know, and even if he's not on your betting card or maybe he knocks one of your guys out for a positional at the end, um, root for Gary Woodland this week. Uh, that's obviously a very scary uh, illness to have. He's had a lot of challenges with his family and medical stuff in the past, too. In fact, he's coming back, top player. Uh, it'll be good to see him there. But otherwise... Some of the other names are here. Ludwig is here. Uh, I think he's going to be the tournament favorite, probably a 10 to 1, 12 to 1. Hatton is going to be here. Fitzpatrick's here. Uh, Hideki is here. Uh, Eric Cole, JT Poston, Russell Henley's, those types of guys who typically play uh, the Sony Open, uh, they will be here as well. So before we start getting into the golf course, why don't we take a quick commercial break? And then I will start going over Google Earth, walk you through the golf course, walk you through the history of the course, uh, the brief history. And um, we'll get to it. All right. So let's start off by talking about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football, and golf, by the way. Uh, simply pick your higher or lower on favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. If you're going to play fantasy underdog today uh, for the Century Tournament Champions, they did adjust a lot of their lines. They end up uh, increasing their birdie rates and their... Um, you know, the, the uh, round scores. I, from what I saw from the weather forecast earlier, it's going to be dead calm conditions. I would expect probably the average score is going to be five under. So pound the hires and the lowers on the round. Pound, pound the hires on the birdies, lowers on the round scores. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast hoodie. Uh, they just launched your new YouTube channel. In order to celebrate that, uh, they're giving away a free hoodie, Hockey Gambling Podcast hoodie. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP to enter the contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. All right, let's go to Google Earth and let's go over YLI. Uh, let us add to the stage. Hopefully this doesn't crash the internet. There we go right there. All right, so uh, let me zoom out. Just get a high level. Okay, there you go. So this is YLI. Uh, this is uh, located sh right outside of Honolulu. Uh, this was a Seth Rayner design. He built it, I think, before his death in 1926. And uh, it's a private country club. There is a, the the uh, Kala Hotel right here, and there's the beach right there. I think if you are staying at the hotel, you might be able to get on, but this is a private country club. Uh, this, I, you know, this is one you can really walk on, uh, unlike century, uh, the century there last week. But uh, listen, this is, you know, Tight tree line, or well, palm tree line, uh, classic design. Hasn't had a whole lot of changes over the years. Um, and this is a different type of golf than what you're going to that we saw last week at um, uh, the plantation course. You know, that one was very driver heavy. You know, the ball was moving a whole lot once it hit the ground. This is a very flat golf course. Uh, last week, you had to kind of account for different yardages with, you know, I mean, you saw it, you know, at the century this week where Max Holman went to the seventh hole. Um, on like I think it was like 520 yards, and he ended up hitting the longest drive in history on the PG Tour 477. It had like a flip wedge in, 
So this isn't that though. With the yardage that what you're going to see at this place is the actual yardage. Uh, you know, just taking you through a tour of the golf course. So uh, this is actually the back nine for the members. Uh, this this is the op the opening the uh, flip the nines for the tournament. Uh, the first hole, it's a long par four. And Seth Rainer actually designed this kind of as a template of like the road hole. And there's some similarities to it that I'll, I'll walk you through. So obviously with the road hole, you got the hotel there and the road. And you got a whole lot of room over on the left. This is at St. Andrews, by the way. Similar concept here. You have a whole lot of room where I'm circling over here to kind of bail left, but you don't have a great angle to the green. You got care over this bunker. I think this green slopes pretty hard from left to right here. But over on the right, though, you know, you have a great angle into the green here. You got to carry this bunker. You have a large tree here. This bunker really isn't in play anymore for these guys. But you've seen some guys, you know, drive it down here behind this tree. It's definitely a nuisance. So, you know, this hole definitely promotes staying on the right side of the fairway here. Uh, you know, there's some chase with, you know, it's uh, the next couple holes. There's a water hazard over here. I think really the only water hazard is in play at this tournament. Really similar holes. Both the water hazards are over on the left here, short par fours. Uh, and then you go back around the property to a long par four or par three fourth. Uh, the fifth here, this little canal is not in play. Guys tend to hit about three wood about here and have about a 150 yards or, you know, 160 yard shot uh, in. And then you can see kind of like the positional nature of this, you know, of, of this golf course here. Like, you know, listen, you got two bunkers here. Got to squeeze it. You know, your tee shot to hit it right here. You got out of bounds over here. You got trees over here. You know, guys aren't really hitting driver a whole lot. It's really just a lot of plotting positional golf. Uh, same thing, hole number eight here. Yeah, a couple bunkers over here. Obviously, a lot of trees, you know, protecting the fairway really narrow here. And then the ninth hole here, this is one of the easier par fives on the PGA Tour schedule. I think last year the average score was 0.7 under par. Uh, only 506 yards. You do have out of bounds over here, but I know guys have been using uh, the driving range fence here uh, for TIO relief. Uh, really scummy when they've done that. Uh, I think the guy in a bogey, I think, I think it might have been Roger Sloan. Maybe a couple of, I don't know how I randomly know that, but I think Roger Sloan, I'm sorry if I'm slandering you, Roger Sloan, if you're watching, but uh, he, he tried to claim that he wanted to hit a left-handed shot over here, but because of where the fence was, uh, he got TIO out of it. Pretty ridiculous. But if you avoid hitting it over here, this is a obvious birdie hole. Then he got a short par for uh 10th where guys can, you know, drive around to the apron here, uh, 11th, and then going back around the property, you know, a lot of similar positional uh, par fours coming up here. You know, the 12th is four, only 440. 13th, middle of the dog legs, about 280 here. Yeah, basically play positional golf over here. Same thing over, swinging over to 14. Again, hit towards the middle of the dog leg. You can't really, you're not really seeing guys really hit it over this dog leg. Um, and then the 17th hole here. We'll just zoom right to that. This is the Redan hole. And this uh, green was reconstructed and re uh, renovated or not renovated, restored, I think four or five years ago. Guys complained because they felt like it was too firm here, and I'll, I'll zoom in. Basically, if you don't know where Redan Green is, basically it's a front-to-back sloping green uh, with some bunkers over here. It also cants pretty hard from right to left. So if you miss in these bunkers over here, you know, I mean, you don't really have much of a shot to get it close to the hole, especially if the pin's over here. If you're long, that makes it tough, too. You know, it's not a very easy par three. Um, you know, it's 194 yards. If you got some wind coming off the off here, now that can make it challenging, but you know, if there's no win, if you're a pretty good iron player, uh, there's not a whole lot of versus. And then number 18, the, the other par five on this golf course. I actually like this par five. It reminds me a lot of the, the closing hole of Southwind, where you know, obviously you got the water here, but you got a couple bunkers. Um, I think there was speculation maybe 
three or four years ago, the guys are actually going to try and go down uh, the 10th fairway here, you know, to kind of avoid all this. Uh, they made this out of bounds at this point. So, and this isn't a very easy driving hole, especially when it's playing pretty firm. You know, you run even with a three wood, you know, the ball can run into this bunker here. Uh, you could, uh, you know, overcook it into these bunkers over here. I mean, you could try hitting driver, but it's not easy to hit a right to left shot, you know, with just some of the technology these days. But, you know, if you can execute the shot, though, uh, it's only 551 yards, sets up about, you know, like a 220 yards or so uh, shot into the green here. There's a little collection area down here um, that you got to worry about. But, you know, overall, look, I mean, like this is a different contest than what it was last week. Last week was a lot of driver and a lot of short irons. Uh, this is more plotting, positional golf. Um, you know, more mid irons, I would say, as we'll go over in a little bit. Um, you know, and also too, well, well, you'll see in my article uh, a couple of our features I have about this place. But um, you know, why don't we take another quick break? Um, let's go, and then we'll go into some of the stats I'm looking for, some of the gambling leans I'm looking for uh, this week. So let's talk about the GameTime.co. Uh, and listen, like, you know, it's week 18 of the NFL season. Maybe you're trying to scramble right now to find a ticket, um, you know, uh, you know, find the lowest price. It, it, that can be a big hassle in a lot. Maybe you're going through some stress right now. But if you go to the GameTime app, uh, you know, you can find pretty much every single um, you know, event you can be looking for. They got flash deals for any last minute, uh, I, you know, events you want to go to. They're really easy to find. They also have images of all your seats. So you know exactly what, uh, you know, you're looking, you're, you're going for. So, you know, they got concerts, the, um, you know, plays, sporting events, anything you, you could want over at gametime.co. Uh, so snag tickets right now. Uh, at game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off your purchase on the game time app. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also about to buy a Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea to Hall of Fame bets is revolutionary. Parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for entire par parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay. Let's get rid of uh, Google Earth here. And so let's start going over just some general information about uh, YLI here. So unfortunately, the GCSAA, they have not released the 2024 specs for this tournament. I don't anticipate any real changes to the golf course from last year. I just did a quick Google search, didn't see anything changing. You know, usually there's some subtle tweaks they make it, but it's not really material to how the golf course goes. So, so this is a par 70. Uh, this is only 7,044 yards. Greens run about 11, 12 in a centimeter. Again, with these, you know, Hawaiian greens right by the coast here. If there's a lot of wind, can't run these greens a little, all that quick. Uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of wind. And I'll, I'll show you in a little bit for this week. So maybe they can get them up a little quicker. But overall, typically one of the slower greens on the PGA Tour. Average green size, 7,100 square feet in an area. Uh, that's one that's above average uh, here. That's why, you know, you see a really high green regulation rates because there's large greens. Um, there is only, I, I showed you on the Google earth there. 
there's really only one water hazard in play. It's that little pond between the second and third hole. You know, there is a canal there, but no one's really hitting into it. Everybody's hitting over it. Uh, as far as agronomy goes, so the GCSA has never been descriptive for whatever reason about what type of breed. I know some people care about that, whether it's Tip Eagle or Champion, whatever. They just list it as Bermuda grass. And I've never been able to find exactly what type. I did end up finding, though, and I don't know if this source is credible. It was apparently on Wikipedia. It is, twi- it is tr- uh, tri-dwarf Bermuda. That is the exact strain of green on the greens. As far as what it is on the approaches, the fairways, I don't exactly know. I don't know if this is even verified. But just overall, though, kind of like what I talked about last week, if you just focus on just overall Bermuda putting stats, you'll get your answer. And most of the guys that tend to do pretty well here you know, they tend to do really well putting on Bermuda. So I, I would just look for your, all your non overseeded Bermuda stuff, plug that into your models, take a look at who's good on those types of courses, and you should be fine here. Uh, the rough is three inches. That is actually, I think, up from last or Well, last year it was up from what it was. And I think they wanted to basically add another defense to this golf course because they felt like scoring was starting to get a little bit out of control. If there wasn't any weather, I think Hideki had just won at 23 under, you know, this golf course also has never really been the most penal if you miss a fairway. So maybe by adding a little higher Bermuda, which can be a little bit gnarly that presented much of a challenge. Um, unfortunately it didn't really do much uh, for this tournament. You know, it made it a little more penal to hit it into the rough. Basically, the difference between your score on a hole if you hit in the rough and, um, you know, what you would if you were in the fairway. It was a little higher than the PGA Tour average, but still nothing really to write home about. So this still is a golf course, especially with if it's really soft, if there's no wind. Definitely one that, you know, guys can take advantage of. And, you know, speaking of which, we're going to look at the weather forecast. So looks like on Monday and Tuesday, a lot of rain coming, some wind you know, really gnarly conditions. The guys are not going to have a very good time with the practice rounds. But after that, starting on Thursday, you know, maybe a little bit of wind um, you know, in the afternoon. So maybe a slight favor towards guys coming in the morning. But this is going to be a really soft golf course coming in. There's not going to be a whole lot of wind, especially throughout the first couple of days and actually into the weekend. Dead calm conditions on Saturday and Sunday with um, based on this weather forecast. God, these guys are going to hit a lot of birdies. Uh, you know, if you're somebody who wants to go to underdog or bet round props, um, definitely bet over on birdies, under on round scores. This is going to be, these guys are going to eat this place up. Not only is it going to make it very easy to hit the greens as well, but because of the narrow nature of the fairways, yeah, I'll make it a little longer, but this is already a short golf course. It's going to keep the balls in the fairway. Like in firmer conditions, um, you know, the balls, if, because of it, it's really narrow, once it hits a fairway, it might bound to the rough. but if it's really soft like this, we're going to get this much rain. They're going to be able to hit fairways at a very high rate with whatever club they really use. And they're going to have, you know, mid irons into really soft greens. Lots of birdies this week. So who are going to be the guys that get some of those birdies? Well, you know, let's actually look, you know, last couple of years, uh, the, you know, let's refresh everybody who the winner was. So last year, so, so, excuse me, Siwoo Kim, Cabber's uh, boy, minus 18. Thanks to a uh, choke job from Hayden Buckley on the last hole there. Uh, but I mean, see what hit a final around 64. He definitely earned it. Uh, you know, the first couple of rounds, I think there was some wind. So 
Scoring wasn't all that good, but over the weekend, though, minus two uh, on Saturday, minus 1.74 on Sunday. Most of the holes play under par here. Here's how number nine, by the way, you see just, you know, 42 birdies, 28 pars, five eagles, only one bogey uh, last year in the final round. Uh, 2022, the a tournament that I don't really like to go back to because I had uh, Russell Henley. Let's go back to the results page here. Uh, Hideki beats Russell Henley in a playoff after Henley had a five-shot lead. After nine, and I got co text from my co-host saying this is over, and he was really butthurt that he didn't have Henley because he hates Henley, and I had Henley. He didn't know about it. I think he actually knew, but uh, he wanted to basically try and sabotage it in his, you know, you know, his evil ways. But Hideki had a great back nine, fine around sixty-three. Like I, people that point to the fact that Henley choked, he he had a sixty-five that day. Like he stopped making putts on the back nine, but. I think in hindsight, Hideki Matsuyama led the field in putting on a Bermuda golf course that week. Go figure. It's just golf at that point. Uh, really easy scoring conditions, though. It was uh, two under <clears throat> was the average score. Uh, it was three, average score was three under on Sunday. 2021, Kevin Na won over uh, Chris Kirk and Joaquin Neiman. This was the tournament that actually Chris Kirk needed to do well, and he got his card. Uh, Kevin Na wins a 21 under uh, thanks to a 61 on um saturday overall score minus 2.25 for the tournament again just on the weekend guys killed it 2020 though that's the one where that was only 11 under one by cam smith really bad weather conditions that year i think it was cold they got some rain they got some wind during the tournament and you know i mean that made it kind of fun it wasn't just a birdie fest at that point but you know I, this term is not relevant because it was what i just showed you with the weather forecast it's gonna be dead calm so it's not, you're not really getting anything out of this one. So why don't we go to the course fit tool? That's why I alluded to earlier. Uh, obviously, I love using this on data golf. This basically tell, tries and tell you what type of golfers are expected to do well at YLI. And this is one of the least helpful predictive skill set charts they have. Um, no correlation at all as far as what guys do driving. Um, basically, you can be long, you can be short. Doesn't really matter. Those types of guys can do well. Those guys can do guys can do not so well. You would think there'd be a higher correlation of guys who would be really good at finding fairways. Actually, it's lower than PG Tour average, so that doesn't help you. Um, iron play is obviously so important. It's the most important predictive skill set going to determine. This actually has slightly less predictive value at this golf course than others. And putting again, I, you would think okay, on Bermuda, you know, tends to be guys who putt pretty well. To, you know, win this thing. Less than predictive value with putting coming into the tournament as far as what they're going to do. The only thing that actually stands out as some sort of predictive power is around the green. It's actually a lot higher. And actually, uh, let me do the take off the relative importance for like, let's make everything just equal. You can see just kind of how skewed it is and how unpredictive everything else is. How I would explain that is because this is a golf course that it's not one with a driver. It's a lot of plotting. It's a lot of positional golf. It's short. The types, there's only a certain number of golf courses where a guy who doesn't possess a lot of length on the PGA Tour and maybe gets by with some wedge play and around the green play to keep their card, there's only so many of those golf courses that they can contend at. This is one of them. So, I, you know, this is going to give those guys a better chance to be towards the top of the leaderboard. This tournament also doesn't draw the best fields. So it, generally, the weaker players in the PG Tour tend to be your shorter, you know, pit squeaks kind of that basically have to 
grind around the green in order to save strokes and keep your card. And I think that's why this is so skewed this way. Uh, but everything else, though, you know, I mean, like I showed you in the Google Earth, I mean, there are, there might be some opportunities to hit driver and get aggressive, cut some corners. But overall, though, every kind of plays everything right in front of them. It really, I kind of equate it as like if you're a fan of NASCAR with Daytona or Talladega, they got the restrictor plates, kind of make everything kind of even. I would say it's kind of like that. It, it basically limits what the entire field can do with the R skill sets. So some other correlated golf courses, there's a lot of ones that um, are just haven't been played a whole lot in the last couple of years, but the ones that, you know, played a whole lot colonial, you know, going over the Google earth, I definitely see like colonial, especially some of the, the um, dog like par fours that are, you know, pinched in with some fairways, tree line, positional golf, a lot of colonial in this place, Austin country club too, a lot of short irons. Um, and that one, that's also a golf course that doesn't really promote a particular style. That one, this is kind of similar to that place, uh, Harbor town, sea Island. Um, you know, you probably are not surprised given some of the guys who do well here versus there, a lot of crossover at those places. TBC San Antonio, that was a surprise. I think that's very driver heavy. Um, but apparently that is highly correlated, um, to why as far as success. TBC Southland, another one that isn't really. One with the drivers, more plotting, positional nature. That's a correlated golf course. TBC Summerlin, that's a shorter golf course with a lot of birdies. So that makes sense. Port Royal, another short golf course. Basically, a lot of your shorter golf courses are pretty correlated uh, as far as guys who typically do well. Those places, as here. So those are probably some good comp courses to look at. Uh, if you've never done this before or, looked at, or bet this while before, take a look at some of the one, uh, results of those places. And you should do okay. Let's now go to uh, this page. This is my favorite page, the actual details of the tournament. And let's start first with the how in tournament you're able to separate yourself. And last year, not helpful at all. Uh, driving was not as impactful as the average PG Tour event in, at the 2023 Sony Open as it is, you know, at others. Uh, it was about, with, you know, Distance and accuracy have the same about correlation towards their contribution to strokes gain off the tee that week as they do with the PGA Tour average. Another way to see their iron play wasn't as uh, important uh, as far as separating yourself as the other events. Same thing around the greens. Actually, nothing's really all that important. And that's actually something else I want to talk about. Like this is, I, I think the of you know data golf measures the difficulty as far as around the green compared to other places, this is 78th out of 87th at Wiley. So even though this is one where typically guys are really good around the green, tend to do well here, not only is it really easy conditions around the green, like even from bunkers or fairways or the rough, like it's not that really get up and down. It's not making a, a big dent as far as, like you're not gonna be able to get up and down and win this tournament, essentially. It's it's a lot less than what it is than you know the regular future event. Really, the only thing that is has a higher boost to your overall total search chain is through putting here. It's higher <coughs> than your future average. And that's pretty consistent through most of the years, except for 20, well, not in 2022. <laughs> in 2022, mostly driving, it was through your accuracy. That was how you were really able to separate yourself um, that year, but again, iron playing around the green didn't do a whole lot to separate yourself in the tournament. Potting was about PG Tour average. 2021 in really calm, benign conditions. Again, turns into you know where you're able to separate yourself with your putter. In this tournament, though, 
Uh, accuracy still, if you hit more fairways, you tend to do a little better than most anybody else. This one actually promoted a little more longer guys. I, I remember that one in 2021 uh, when Kevin Ob won, even though he's one of the shorter hitters. That was a really firm golf course. Guys are hitting it a long way. So if you're able to keep it in the fairway, you're getting higher driving distances and really shorten up the golf course. That's how I explain that. And I'm not even going to go back to 2020 because that's not relevant to what we're going to see this week. And then the proximity buckets here. This is consistent throughout the years. Uh, I'll go back to 2023 because that's the most recent one. There is a heavy emphasis on shots between 125 and 225. And really what I want to focus on here is what I'm circling right here, the, the shot from 150 to 200. That makes up about 45% of your shots for the entire tournament. So, you know, obviously you got, you know, your short irons here, but it's no different really than your average PGA Tour event. You got some longer approach shots, mostly in the par threes um, you know, and the two par fives, but just because of the high volume of mid-length par fours on this golf course where you can't really shorten up a whole lot with a driver, a lot of shots from 150 to 200. And that's actually something I'm going to make a change for this week. Typically what I do is, you know, data golf, they offer strokes game per shot. I just download to Excel. Usually I just look at it from under 150 and over 150. This one I'm actually going to make an effort because of how pronounced and how, how much, how higher volume of shots between 150 and 200 as there is in the PGA Tour uh, average. I'm actually going to take it under 150, 150, 200, and over 200 this week and try and basically estimate your strokes gain because I want that to stand out on my spreadsheet. I want to be able to see, okay, what do you do from 150 to 200? Um, you know, at this golf course. So, uh, and then, you know, one last thing, I forgot to put it up on the, the window so I can actually, um, you know, have it handy, but let's go to, let's go to course history. And it's not going to filter everybody's in the field, but most of the guys who typically play this event are going to show up. So, um, Let's see. <laughs> a lot of guys who don't play this event anymore so are at the top there Oh, because they have a lot of rounds. Okay. So, Kyle Morikawa is a guy who he's only played it twice, but he's got a, a, you know, he does very well here. Really good iron player. JT, he won it back in 2017. Really good iron player. Corey Connors, really good iron player. Doesn't rely a whole lot on the driver to get around. Justin Rose, great iron player. No longer really is you know a great driver, but because of how good of an iron player he is, he does very well this event. Um, you know Ben Griffin, Taylor Montgomery, Mark Leishman, DJ's even done already here. Like that's kind of goes to show. But when I looked at, when I showed you the predictive skill set chart, not really a pronounced type that actually um, can go here. And like dominate, like it's not just all bombers, not just all short hitters. Like there's a huge mix of guys who can go here and do very well. Uh, Russell, you know, but the, like I mentioned though, the, you know, Russell Henley or Webb Simpson or Luke Donald or Matt Kuchar. Um, these guys have all played it a lot. These guys have all played it very well uh, in their career. So yeah, that's really what I'm going to be looking for a whole lot of guys who are going to make a lot of birdies really well in Bermuda, but I'm going to focus a lot on that 150 to 200 range uh, this week for handicapping purposes. It's kind of similar to what I looked at for Century Tournament Champions, but that was way more driver heavy. So I kind of wanted to look more for guys who, you know, like hitting driver a lot and were good from really short irons. This is more, 
you know, short to mid iron range and then look at basically birdies and then I, I, everything other than that, I'm not really caring too much about. So, all right. So that's it. Let me get rid of this and go to the solo layout. Thank you for joining me uh, this Sunday morning. Uh, good luck with any bets for the century tournament champions you have are sweating right now. And this week on the golf gambling podcast, uh, Mac and will be here on Monday, breakdown DFS. We will do our betting show on Tuesday. So yeah, we will see you then. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of the century and enjoy the final week of the NFL season this week. Uh, take care, everybody. 